Hi, it's dating coach Chris Luna from Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma podcast, our free audio coaching program where we interview the top experts in the world at helping you become the man you've always wanted to be. My guest today is David Wygant. David is a world-renowned life changer, social strategist, and dating and relationship coach. Through his live workshops and online programs, he's helped millions of men and women over the past 20 years. He's been featured on numerous media outlets, including Ask Men, Cosmopolitan, The New York Times, NBC, and MTV. Thank you so much, David, for coming on our show today. My pleasure, man. Always always a pleasure to talk to a uh, native Californian living in New York. <laughs> yeah, we were chatting a little bit about uh, David did the opposite. He uh, was living in New York and or grew up in New York and moved to California. Can you talk to us a little bit about your background and what inspired you to become a dating relationship coach? I mean, it, nothing inspired me to do it. I mean, that's what's the truth. I mean, you want the truth? I, I always speak the truth. I mean, I this goes back to like the late 90s. Um, I've always been somebody who is, I don't know, I kind of see the game of life like a football field unfold. I just see human emotions. I see people around me. Um, I see objects they're touching. I see what they're doing. And I never thought it was difficult to go and talk to somebody, you know, based on a simple observation, you know, and I found Whole Foods back in the mid 90s and I found Ideal Market when I was living in Colorado. I mean, I was just the king of flirting with women in supermarkets and asking them out. And it wasn't just asking them out like the creepy guys do. You know, they talk for 15, 20 seconds and there's absolutely no attraction and they ask somebody out. I mean, it's like I got into a conversation. I don't talk about small talk or anything like that. I just, it just flows. I talk to people like I've known them forever. And if you notice that the way we talked on the phone in the beginning, you know, before we got on the podcast, we just shot the shit, man. It's like people to me are people. I don't look at women as women. I look at them as people. I look at guys as people. So I didn't pick this. There was no industry. There was no, wow, it's cool to be a dating coach. It's great to put marketing images up there on the internet and make money through programs. You know, there was none of this stuff when I started doing this in the late nineties. And I hooked up with, um, Patty Stanger, the millionaire matchmaker, cause I was living in Brentwood and all these guys were following me around and they were getting advice from me. They were getting advice on how to meet women. They were getting advice on their relationships. And then Patty Stanger hired me to be her dating coach. And then we started getting some publicity. And the next thing you know, I started getting hiring as a coach all over the world. And there was no boot camps. I was the first guy who did a boot camp. You can Google it. You know, it's like, I think 2003 was my first boot camp. There were no boot camps back then. I mean, you know, mystery was still a mystery. You know, Neil Strauss hadn't even written the game yet. Um, the PUA industry, which I've always despised, was just starting to blossom a little bit, I think, in 04 or 05 or something. So I was just this thing, this guy that would go and literally meet or literally go and like meet you and help you craft a better game plan to be more authentic and real instead of being a robot. And, you know, I still find guys robotic today. You know, they still so much shitty information out there and guys are still butchering it nonstop. What are some of the things that bother you the most that you see in the dating community? Things that you think are just bad advice? Oh, guys are pussies. I mean, holy shit. Let's just sit home and masturbate and swipe. You know, it's like, there's a lot of things that I think are wrong today, you know, and I think guys have turned into wimps. Um, nobody's teaching you communication skills. There's still the quick fix. And this is just really what's wrong with our society in general. You know, if you look at our society in general, 
what happens is, is that we're marketed nonstop. You get on Facebook, there's a retargeted ad that sends you to the web page that you already went to. Everything is just a marketing hype. You can get rich overnight. You know, you can learn to trade stocks in 24 hours. You know, you can learn how to meet women by saying these three simple eyelid techniques, you know, and nobody realized, and this is what a lot of guys make the mistake. And, and I don't feel for these men at, at all. Nothing will come to you in life unless you commit yourself day in, day out to doing it. And committing to day in, day out doing it means that you're going to fall flat on your face. And I talked about that on my podcast the other day. You're going to embarrass yourself. You're going to be goofy and you're going to learn skills. It's like skills don't just come from reading something on the internet and ordering a pro feel good program. And most of the guys who buy the programs, they don't even listen to the programs. 90% of the people that buy a program, they don't listen to it. They try a technique once and then they email somebody and go, this didn't work. Of course it didn't work. You idiot. It doesn't work. If you do something once you have to do something over and over again, Tom Brady to become Tom Brady overnight. So I think unrealistic expectations of the human mind fuels people from not having the social life that they want. How long do you think it takes an average guy who's sort of frustrated to develop? Because I, I find this like a very, I mean, this is really relative to the person in a lot of ways, but what do you think an average developmental time frame in order to take a guy who's sort of unhappy, struggling to build a social group to somebody who feels comfortable and content with their social group? Yeah, the same time it takes to master any skill, you got to put the hours in. You know, it's like you got to put the hours in to master a skill. It's there's no shortcut to life. It's going to take you day in and day out of going over and approaching women and talking to them, having simple conversations, realizing they're not E.T. and aliens and you need something stupid. You need to stop believing the hype that you have to escalate sexually. That's an escalator. You need to stop reading the marketing hype on things promising. You got to look at who your advisor is and see whether or not they're legitimate or somebody that just knows how to write good sales copy. And then you still got to go out there and do it. Every single day, every day, if you don't do a trait or a skill every single day and you basically try for a week and then you don't do it for another week, you're starting from ground zero all over again. And I use the same analogy. Tom Brady basically throws the football every single day. Why? Because he continues to get better and better and the game will slow down. The game of life slows down. When you're teaching yourself a new skill, you need to, in order to master it, you need to be able to do it every day. Otherwise, your mindset stays the same. It gets stuck in the same gutter that you've always been. So, a month, two months, three months, four months, you'll start getting better, but it takes a commitment. And the problem is most people listening, and I hate to say it, they don't have the commitment at all. They want the quick magic fix. You know, they want to all of a sudden have a personality that they've never had before. I'm sorry, I can't wave a magic wand. Neither one of us are magicians and we're not superheroes. So it takes time and commitment. I know when I learned one of my biggest thing when I was in my early 20s in New York and I wanted to learn how to meet all the girls on the street of New York because there's so many gorgeous ones that are there, right? So what did I do? Every single night I'd smoke a joint. I put my fucking Walkman on. I'm dating myself, right? I listened to music. I observed what they were doing. I figured out what I could say and I did that for about a week. Then the following week I went out there and said the things that I saw and I spoke with clarity and confidence and then I listened to what they said because I realized that they're a human being. We had a conversation and I asked out the ones that I connected with. And I mastered it. I could talk to anybody, anywhere, any place, any time. The reason why you can't, or not you, but most people can't, right, is because they live in their excuses and their fears. That, that's why. They're not willing to put the work in. If you don't put the work in, nothing's going to work. Nothing's going to happen in life. 
So if this was your first session with somebody, what is something that you might work on or what are some specific exercises that you might give somebody in order to get them going? Well, I would just teach them observation. You know, it's all about observation. I mean, it really is. So what would I teach them? Go out there and tell me what you observe. What do you observe? What do you see? You know, what do you see? What do you see when you go out? What do you see when you go out? How do you connect when you go out? What do you see as you go out? You know, what type of, what do you see somebody doing? What type of comment can you make? What type of conversation can you start? You know, it, it's the simple things. It's like I teach the simple, basic, remedial things, the things that most people don't understand. It's like building a habit. You have to build a habit from the ground floor up. You're coming in socially retarded, okay? It, there's nothing wrong with that. You can admit it. You should look in the mirror and go, I'm a social retard. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Nothing wrong with it. There's nothing you can do about it. You've got to where you got, whatever your story is, whatever, whatever shit your parents said to you as a kid that made you insecure, whatever, however you got teased in high school or grammar school, there's nothing you can do about that. You have to move forward. So you have to develop these skills. And the only way you can do that is to literally walk around and realize that the opposite sex is not going to murder or kill you. You've got to learn how to speak to women the same way you speak to people out and about. You have to build your social skills one step at a time. Would you have somebody write down what they observe or would you have them make a mental note? Because I, I would argue that most of the people who are listening to this have been observing people their entire life. So like how do you take or how do you recommend someone take an observation and then move that from something that they're more fully processing and utilizing to take a step forward? You take the observation and you speak the words and you own the words. You want to step into her reality. Not your reality. Your reality is fucked up. You know, your reality is full of insecure crap. Her reality is also full of insecure crap, too. You know, her reality is what her reality is. But the only thing is that people need to realize you can only control your own outcome. You, got, you can't control somebody else's outcome. So if you look at what they're doing, for instance, if I see a woman sitting there in Starbucks having a muffin and drinking coffee, I can look up to her and the first thing that comes to my mind is, Man, that muffin looks great. What kind is it? I'm going to say it. I'm going to own my words. I'm going to speak my words with clarity, not like not like you're holding in diarrhea. I mean, that's how a lot of guys speak. Oh, what is that muffin? You know, it's like nervous. It's like speak your words. Own your words. You're a man. Be a man. Speak like a man. Own your words like a man. You have to use voice tone. Say it. That muffin looks great. What is it? She's going to respond. It's a command, a tonality that women are responding to is the tonality of a man. When you speak like a nervous little child, scared child, she, of course, is going to give you the cold shoulder. And of course, you're going to email somebody you're working with. If you hire a coach, if you've got the guts enough to hire a coach and admit your problems, you know, you, you'll, you'll write and say, oh, she just rejected me. She didn't reject you. You spoke like a scared little boy. A woman doesn't want to have sex with a scared little boy. A woman responds to a man. So there's a little exercise. There's just so many little exercises that men could be doing that they just don't do. They don't understand it. They want the pain to be over with quickly. So they go for the hype of buying a program that will alleviate the pain quickly, but nothing alleviates the pain quickly. I mean, when you built your business up, did you build it in an hour? No. 
Nothing in life, you know, did you, everybody want to work with you? No. Did you have some people who didn't like your personality? Yes. It's like you didn't care. You learned not to care. Nothing is ever going to work out. And the funny thing about it is people don't play the odds. You know, imagine if you're a quarterback and you got 75,000 people at a stadium and, and you think to yourself, every fucking pass I throw must be completed. You're an idiot. You know, it's like the odds in life. 60% of the passes you complete, you're a good quarterback. If you're a trader, 60% of the trades you make are successful. You made a shitload of money. It's odds. You have to play the odds in everything in life. And if you're just going to go out there and expect a woman to respond and not, and not, you know, she may not want to respond. She may not be interested. And if that's going to fucking throw you back, then, then just sit around and do nothing. It, it's playing the odds. And you have to realize that it's mindset. Life is about mindset. Let's say a guy goes out there, he uses this observation strategy that you're suggesting, and he doesn't get the reaction that he wants, right? Uh, or he's hoping that he's going to get. He has sort of this desired outcome or hopeful outcome, and he doesn't get it. And uh, it sort of throws him off, right? So how does he recover from that? How do you suggest he recovers from that? Got to stop smoking hopium. You know, I mean, the fact is you don't hope anything in life. You don't, there is no desired outcome. Lose the outcome. You can't control the outcome. No matter what you do, no matter how speculative you are, no matter what you do in life, there is no control of an outcome. You cannot control an outcome. If you could, and I could control outcomes, I wouldn't be wasting my time talking to you on the phone right now. You and I would be controlling outcomes, man. We'd be walking around New York City controlling outcomes. We'd be betting on it. We already know what the outcome was going to be, so we'd bet on it. We already know who's going to win the Super Bowl because we can control the outcome. We have a superhero power, and we're outcome, man. Stop being so outcome and just being present. People aren't present and you have to stop using terms as a man. I like that girl. How do you like her? She could have bad breath. Her pussy can stink. You know, I mean, you have no idea who she is. She could be the nastiest girl in the world. She could be a lesbian. You have no idea yet. You like her. You like the way she looks. Your dick is excited to see her. Your eyes are excited to see her. No outcome. There is no outcome in life. The only outcome you'll ever get in life is if you're present, because if you're present, you'll be in the present moment. And that way, then whatever happens, happens. And you have to be okay with it. You can't be so outcome dependent on everything. The richest people in the world are not outcome dependent. They're present and they kick ass every single moment. It's the same way with meeting women. This is great. So let, let's say somebody wants, you talked a little about attraction earlier. So how does a guy create that attraction when he's in the presence of a woman that he's attracted to? You don't worry about it. You just, you gotta be, you gotta like yourself. That's the problem. You know, 90% of these guys that are trying to learn this can't stand themselves deep down inside. So it shows it really does. It shows the way they dress, the way they walk, the way they carry themselves. I smell insecurity all the time, man. I could tell you, I walk down the street, I could see insecurity and I see it in women too. 90% of the world walks around insecure. They don't like themselves. The first thing you got to do is use I am statements. I am powerful. I am amazing. I am successful. I am smart. I am divine. I am soulful. I am, you know, I am a great person. I am a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I am a great brother. I'm a great father. You know, I am statements are really, really important. It starts from within. So if you believe in yourself and you really love yourself and you really like yourself, then when you go talk to somebody, you're going to feel great because you're not going to give a fuck what that person thinks about you because you already love yourself. But most people do the opposite, you know, and men, women do it too. They're like, oh man, I hope this person likes me because yeah, you don't like yourself. I don't really care. Like right now, somebody listening to this and if you're listening to this and you don't like me, I don't give a fuck. I could care less. 
You don't like me? I could care less. You want to come up to me on the street and give me a dirty look? I'll smile at you and know that you don't like me and I'll just get off on it. I don't care what you think. And that's the problem with most people. They care too much what people think because they don't love themselves. And that's what it starts from. You got to love yourself and honor yourself every day. What are some other things that you feel like people could do in order to give themselves more love or develop that self-love? Do things that you like, man. You know, it's like do stuff you like. Take better care of yourself. Eat healthier. Drink less alcohol. You know, work out. Go to the gym. Work on things. Become a more interesting person. Don't sit around and, you know, and, and watch TV at night. Read things. Become smarter. Learn. Find things that you're passionate about and learn. It's a beautiful thing. Learning is great, man. The more things you learn, the more things you talk about, the more passionate you are. If you just go to your boring-ass job day in and day out, you're going to have nothing to talk about. Take a class. Push your boundaries. Push your physical boundaries. You know, I did, I did one-legged squats today on a block holding on to a TRX, okay? And one leg was up in the air, and I was going up and down, and I was working on my balance. Go push yourself. Every day I try to push my physical self and my mental self because that way then you push your boundaries. There are no limits except for the limits people put on themselves. That's how you become more interesting. Can you talk about how that affects your relationship with women or how it affects the, the relationships of your clients with women when they take this into practice? Yeah, you stop caring. <laughs> you know, you start attracting instead of chasing. Because if you're doing things like that, you're in the gym and you're pushing yourself to the physical limits – a girl's going to notice that you push yourself to the physical limits. So when you walk by her, she's going to smile because you're not a guy just sitting there in your oversized T-shirt that your mom bought you in Walmart. You know, you're actually wearing, you're actually fucking pushing yourself. You're into yourself. You're into your routine. When you take a yoga class, you push yourself. A woman will recognize that. Women recognize it. It's called creating attraction instead of chasing it all the time. Plus, when you do that, you have the discipline. So when somebody coaches you and tells you to go out there and do 100 approaches in a week, and after you did 100 approaches in a week, you're going to get better, you have the discipline to do it. It takes discipline. In order to be successful in anything at life, you need discipline. Most people don't have the discipline at all. That's why the apps were such a great thing for men, because they could sit around and just wipe their finger on their greasy iPhone screen and hope and pray some woman gets back to them. That doesn't take discipline. That's like playing lottery. Let's say you approach a woman. What is the next step for you or what's the next step for your clients? There is the next step is to listen. When you approach and speak words, talk to her like you've talked to her before. Talk to her like she's an old friend. Stop worrying about creating attraction. You, women just want to be heard and listened to. So if you're having a conversation with her and she's enjoying it, you're enjoying it, of course she's going to want to talk to you again. You don't have to get funky and weird and talk, touch her on the shoulder. You just met her, you know, it's just, man, just listen to her. Listen to what she has to say. See if you like her. See if what she says resonates with you. Be in the position of power, not weakness. Weak people seek validation. Strong people don't give a fuck. Here's, here's one thing I, I do notice about our clients. We sort of have two spectrums of people. On the one side, we have guys who are trying to figure out their masculinity or they're trying to figure out how to express themselves. They're trying to figure out how to be more assertive or more dominant or how to lead a relationship. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we have guys who are so, they're coming off so alpha that they're not connecting with anybody. And so do you find that that's true with your clients as well? 
Um, do I find, I mean, beta, alpha, those terms is variance. The alpha guys, to me, if they were so alpha, they would understand how to connect. I mean, it, it just depends. It's just everybody, there's, there's, look, there's two, there's really, to me, there's, there's two styles of guys, those who can, those who can't, you know, that's the way I break it down. Most of them can't, you know, most of them can't connect and can't talk to women. So that's how I kind of look at it, right? So I think to myself, why can't they talk, right? Well, a lot of the times their listening skills suck. A lot of the times, you know, they they don't know. They they, they suck at observations because they're full of fear. I mean, I break it down on, on, a, on a much deeper psychological level to find out what their stories and blocks are and try to reprogram their subconscious mind. And you know, like I said, I'm not for everybody, you know, because if somebody works for me, works with me, man, we're going to go deep. I'm expensive. So we're going to go deep. I'm going to kick your fucking ass all over the place. And you're going to come out as a changed person for a reason, because I don't like to, I don't like to sugarcoat anything. So I make them go through a whole process. I got to see how they hold themselves. Some people have bad body posture. I mean, each person's got something unique and each person's got something the same. Hopefully that answered it. Yeah, I do agree that everybody is different. You talked a little bit about this idea that you go deeper, right? And so you move into sort of these deeper psychological issues. Can you talk about what those are? Because every person is going to be different, right? But what are some of the stuff that comes up and how would you work through it with somebody? Well, you got a beta boy, okay? Let's call beta boy, right? You got a guy, okay, that just really, you know, the only girlfriends he's ever had in his entire life is when uh, they fell in her lap, right? In their lap. He goes through long stretches of time where he's masturbating to porn, right? You know, um, you know, he's creeps out on Instagram, you know, and looks at Instagram models. You know, he's chronically masturbating, you know, he is always blowing his chi, literally. He um really doesn't he's attracted to women that aren't attracted to him that's you know standard right so of course his girlfriends are people he's never attracted to he's never worked on his self-confidence at all why a lot of the times he had a father that was a complete pussy you know his father was a shitty role model when it came down to masculinity right his mother was a little overbearing so he was a little bit of a mama's boy you know um he had a traumatic experience with some girl in high school and college so he never really gained the confidence during the year confidence during the years that he had to gain the confidence and now it's like he's over you know he's good like his career is good because he's able to work things he's more in his head so he's able to work with numbers or he's an engineer or he's a lawyer you know but he's not able to really relate to people's emotions because his father was closed off he was a shitty role model right and his mother overprotected him so you have this guy that's a complete beta you know just he's a mama's boy in in a lot of ways so you have this, you know, this guy. So what you have to go through is you have to become that role model. You have to show him what a man is like, because deep down inside every man, not everybody's going to be an alpha. And I hate those terms, beta and alpha. Not everybody's going to be an alpha, because if alphas were running around all over the place and everybody was an alpha, there'd be violence on the streets 24 seven. How do you define alpha? You know, alpha, I, I'm an alpha. You're an alpha. You know, guys that are just dominant. Like you can get on a phone conversation with an alpha guy and shoot the shit right away. You know, you can go out with them and they understand. It's like they're not. They just they see opportunity and they seize it. They 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 understand like human emotions. You know, they 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 understand like the encompass of like of everything. They're they're into. They're competitive. 
You know, they're into sports. They're competitive. They they enjoy building a business. They like challenging themselves. You know, they when they go out, they want a woman to be very feminine. They, they can't be around women that are not feminine. You know, they can't be around women that are like these ball busters, you know, because it just doesn't suit their personality. While the beta boy, the beta guy could be around a woman that's more alpha. You know, she could be this corporate executive and she can wear the pants and he could be the yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. You know, to her. And he literally he's the guy pushing the pushing the baby carriage on fuck in Brooklyn, you know, in Williamsburg on a Saturday with two kids. And he's got this miserable look on his face while his wife is shopping. She's controlling and wearing the pants because the reason why his mother wore the pants. It's like people are just repeating the relationships they saw as kids. So the mom was wearing the pants in the family. The dad was a pussy. So he becomes a pussy. We mimic the behaviors that we learned as kids. And that's a lot of what I go through. What was your father like? What was your mother like? Okay. And we're just mimicking it unless we're strong enough to realize that we don't want to be it. My father was a pussy. So I knew that as a kid growing up. So I knew since I was 11, people would say, what do you want to do when you get older? I said, I don't want to be like my dad. You know, so I was never a push. I was never a pushover. So one, you're suggesting that not everybody's going to be an alpha. And are you saying that's okay or not okay? It's perfectly fine. Not everybody's going to be an alpha. Okay. And so the next sort of line of uh, logic is you try to understand or identify issues that people had earlier in their childhood or in adolescence or whatever. You try to identify and recognize that, that they didn't have the type of modeling that they needed in order to grow into the type of man that they wanted to, whether it's an alpha or something, whatever, they didn't evolve into the man that they had the capacity to evolve into. And then you'd become the model for that man. Is that what you're saying? Correct. I become the model for that man. And then they can model the behavior after. I don't want them to be me. I want them to be the best version of themselves. They got to love. It just comes down to loving themselves. People don't love themselves enough. They really don't. They're seeking validation from third parties. Do you feel like there's a certain level of validation that's needed for a relationship or a society to exist? Yeah, it's great when your girlfriend tells you you're hot. It's great when your girlfriend tells you you're sexy. There's validation, but the validation is guys that are going out and trying to bang women because they're they're using they're using their dick and they're using the act of sex to be cool in front of other men. You know, and I, I look and I know that I did that. I did that in my early twenties. You know, I used to compete with my friends. So. Guys will use women for validation, especially when they're in the stage of their life when they haven't figured themselves out. So I know I did it. I did it when I was 23, 24 years old, and I did it because I wanted to be validated. I wanted to be the big man. I had big man complex. So that's the first thing. It's like, you know, why do you need to brag? Why do you need to be validated? Just like I don't care if anybody thinks my girlfriend's hot. I think she's hot. Just like a guy will say, hey, man, you know, I only like the nines and the tens. And I'm like, there are no such things as nines and tens. It's either yes or no's. Either yes, you're attracted to them or no, you're not. So it's validation and it comes from a deeper core level with a father-son relationship that you didn't have. Your father did not fucking validate you enough, so you're using women to validate. So there's, there's God, it, it's just, I could go on and on about the psychological issues of people. Dating coach Chris Thoney here. This is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about three simple things that you can do to dramatically change your life. First, listen to this entire podcast and then subscribe through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. This way you'll immediately be notified every time we share a new release. If you listen and apply the ideas we discuss on these podcasts, it will change your life forever. 
Second, go to craftchrisma.com, create an account, and become a member of our community. There you can read articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos, ask us questions, and document your journey in our forums. Great men don't become great on their own. All great men are members of a community, and Craft Charisma is your community. Finally, if you're serious, and I know that you are, about making massive changes to your life as quickly as possible, check out our live coaching programs on our website. Craft Charisma live programs are the fastest way to improve your dating and social life. And who knows? Attend our live programs, let us get to know you, and you may end up as a member of the Craft Charisma team. Again, thank you for listening. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm following you. It's interesting because I, I feel like there's different levels of validation, right? So, well, first off, let me say as a general, I think it's more important for somebody to sort of be self-validating and understand who they are and what are the things that they want and have the ability to say no, uh, to understand, that, to distinguish when they're saying yes and why they're saying yes, right? The ability to act on instinct. I think as a general rule, the type of validation you're describing is absolutely unhealthy. And I also think it's also a part of, for a lot of men, a fairly normal development and and sort of a process a lot of guys go through before they realize, oh, this doesn't really feel very fulfilling. I also think there's another form of validation that's just sort of is a glue that holds society together in a certain extent, right? Like if you're dating someone and you don't and you want something you don't really care about how they feel or what they think ever, then you're not going to have any connection to them. <laughs> the relationship is just not going to last. Correct. There, there's healthy validation. You have to look at it. It's like when you're working with a coach, you want to call your coach up and go, man, I had five great encounters today. Validation. Wow, you did great. Blah, blah, blah. Here's the reasons why. You know, I mean, validation. But you have to think to yourself, it's like human beings are not conquests. You know, you have to understand what validation means to you and who you're trying to prove things to. Are you trying to do this with the intent of becoming a better person and a better communicator? Or are you doing this to really just get back at your dad? There, there's deep stuff people have not worked on yet, you know? They haven't worked on it. There's a lot of deep things that people need, they need to work on, you know? There, there's things that people need to work on on a daily basis that they're not aware. Most people are not self-aware. They haven't done the work. So... If you really want to get good at this, you got to work on your shit and understand your shit and become evolved, you know, and not just go and, you know, I call it, you know, put a bandaid on the problem because the fact is, so what if you're taught to go and you can meet a girl now, but you're still a fucked up person when it comes down to relationships. So you spend all this time trying to go and learn how to talk to somebody, and then you're terrible at relationships because of what you saw as a kid. You haven't worked on your stuff. You can't outrun your past. You can't outrun your stuff. Eventually, you got to work on it. What are some of the ways that they can identify that there are issues? Because you talked about them not knowing that they have things to work on, and yet they know... Oh, they all do. Everybody does if they're honest. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's true. So how does somebody recognize so that sort of contradiction in a certain way, right? Because it's like, well, everybody has things to work on, and most people are not aware that they have to work on those things, and they need to work on those things. Well, they don't want they don't want to work on it. They're not aware. They're not aware on what I call a very deep level. <laughs> you just got to look at your patterns, man. Life is patterns. You're the, you know... You can't blame other people, man. If you're constantly having failed relationships, it's you. You're the common denominator. 
You know, it's a friend of mine, you know, she came to me and she said, God, the last three men left me, you know, and she tried to blame every one of them. And I go, it's your fault, man. They all left you. There's the pattern. You got to look at your patterns. Life is patterns. Everything is patterns. Weather is patterns. Stocks are patterns. Football is patterns, you know. Um, doctors who look at your skin, it's patterns, you know, uh, weight loss is a pattern. Everything has got structure to it. So you got to look at your patterns. You know, if, if you, you know, attract a lot of women on Bumble and you have one or two text exchanges and then they all fall off, you got to look at your patterns. It's you. That's boring. You're boring. You're a boring texter. You're not gaining their attention. If you go out on a lot of first dates but never get a second date, it's you. It's not them. It's you. It's you as a date. It's your follow-up skills. It's how you're presenting yourself on the date, you know, and that's what stuff that needs to be broken down. If you're only talking to people and trying to approach women and every one of them walks away after five seconds, it's you. It's the way you look. It's the way you speak. It's everything. I mean, so you have to look at the patterns. So you're saying when somebody wants something and they go after it and they get stuck consistently, that's one of the ways to recognize it. Correct. I have another question for you. You talked a little about sexual escalation. What were some of the things that allowed you to create physical intimacy even earlier on in sort of your dating life or your life as a young man when you're running around? And even now, like what, what are some of the things that you've learned that the people who are listening to this can sort of utilize to try to create physical intimacy with some of the opposite sex? I mean, authenticity is sexy, man. You're talking to a girl and you've talked to her for five minutes and you want to take her out. You need to just look at her and just go, I really enjoy talking to you. You know, it's like you and I, we need to get together. We need to go grab a drink. What's your number? You know, let's get together. It's like, don't just go, give me your number. Uh, uh, you know, fucking state it, state your intention. It's hot. There's a scene from Vicky Cristina Barcelona and Javier Bardem saw, um, Charles Johansson. He saw her and her friend at an art opening. He was the artist. So they were in a restaurant, they're having a glass of wine and, um, they were, he was looking at them and they were talking cause you didn't see him yet on the camera and they were both going, Oh my God, that's the artist guy. He's looking at us. Oh my God, he's coming over. It was great. Woody, nobody writes female dialogue better than Woody Allen, right? So, oh my God, he's coming over. Oh my God. So he walks over and he says, hey, I'm Juan Javier, whatever. Oh, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. He says, you know, you're both, oh, very pretty. I don't know what he says. I mean, it's a great scene. You can Google it. But basically, he talks for about a minute and then he propositions and says, you know, why don't we just get on my plane and we go to Abierto and, and drink wine and spend the weekend together you know, Charlotte Johansson is fucking hot as can be. The other girl's like, we don't even know you. We don't even know you, right? You know, typical, you got you got a woman who's having a fantasy played out and you got a woman who's resisting because she can't stand the fact that a guy's being so upfront about sex, yet she's turned on and she hates herself for it, right? And, you know, he says, we're going to make love and we're going to drink. And she goes, the three of us? And he goes, well, the three of us or two of us or, you know, whatever. It's just, we're going to have a great time. And Charlotte Johansson's like, yes. And the other girl's like, no. And it's just, 
it just it's the balls. I used to do that all the time. That was way before the movie came out. I used to fucking say that all the time. It's stating an intention. If you think about it, you have to do the opposite. Most guys are walking over there being boring lumps of coal. If you're walking over having a great conversation and telling a woman you're going to take her out for a drink, my God. It's like you're going against all the trend. Most guys are texting nonstop on apps and not closing, not asking for numbers, going back and forth for four days on text. Most guys approach and don't even say anything. It's like, and you're telling her you're going to get together. She's going to drop all her plans for you if she's attracted to you. If she's not attracted to you, she'll be flattered and you'll be able to use it again and again. Not every yes is, not every person you approach is going to be a yes. So be okay with it. Made me think of a funny story. I remember well before I was a dating coach, I was still trying to figure this stuff out. I was with a buddy of mine. We're sitting at a bar and there's two girls. And he's chatting him up for, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then he stops for a second and he looks at them and says, you know, you girls are both so attractive. I don't know which one I want to pursue. <laughs> and I remember listening going, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> and these two girls both look at each other for a second and they giggle awkwardly and look back at him. And I realized, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is on. And he ended up having sex with one of the girls behind the bar. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Just sort of a funny. But it made, like when I saw that scene the first time, I thought of my buddy in this bar. <laughs> I've done that. I, I went out. I went out. I talked to two girls. And I said, I was flirting with both of them. And I said, look. I said, you're. And then my friend came over, right? And we were both all talking. And I said, all right, this is an awkward moment right now. You know, I said, I find both of you attracted. I know my friend finds both of you attracted. I think you're both awesome. Which one of you, you know, what, you know, who's feeling a better, who's feeling the bigger connection to me? Who's feeling the bigger connection to my buddy? Right. And like, it was fucking simple. I let them choose, you know? And the one girl goes, man, I just fucking just feel something for you. And I go, fine, come on, let's go. And left them. Didn't even hear the answer of the other girl. I mean, you talk a little about recognizing attraction, so what are the things that you're picking up that a lot of other guys miss? I've been doing this since I was 14 years old. I mean, I'm 56 years old on the first. You know, it's like I got experience. You know, I'm like Bill Belichick. I mean, there's not one defense or offense I can't figure out. So it's called life. It's called life skill. As good as I was when I was 23, I got better at 33 and better at 43, better at 53. It's experience. You you can't get good at something. I, I've been I've been learning because I, I just I want to trade. I want to trade equities and stocks and crypto and everything else. So I spend 14 hours a day watching videos, right? To learn technical analysis. So now when I play the market, it's slowing down every day. Every day it slows down. The what the one minute chart that used to be quick is now slow. It's not fast. Doesn't bother me anymore. Doesn't freak me out as much as it did a week ago. I put the time and energy in to be good at something. So what are you picking up? So Belichick is picking up the X's and O's. So are are there specific things that you're recognizing that you can articulate or at this point is it just mostly on instinct i can't even articulate because i can't even teach it there's no way i can teach it because it's a lifetime of experience i can guide it you could be my protege but i mean i could walk into a room and i i, could, I mean i've done this at many coaching sessions i've walked into a supermarket a restaurant a bar whatever and i've looked at a girl i've looked at her she's looked at me and i said i'm gonna walk over and okay and i'm gonna walk over there and we're gonna get in this great fucking conversation and the guy goes how do you know I said, I just know I could feel her energy. I feel the energy of her. 
I feel her sexual energy. I feel her fucking curiosity. I feel her attraction. I just walk over there and it goes down exactly the way. I mean, I've even said, I'm going to say this and she's going to say that. It's, it's just probability. I'm going to walk over there and say, my God, that's my favorite kind of vitamin I've ever had. It's like, how long have you been having that? It's pro- I'm playing the, I've seen the patterns and that's the thing. Life is patterns. Can you talk a little about that? Because, for example, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and one of the specific examples that I use is like touch. I'm like, well, if I touch somebody's arm, they're most probable or most likely to do one of a, a few different things, right? They're likely to touch me back. They're likely to tense up. They're likely to pull away, right? There's like really a, a very few specific amount of things. And even if I were to go even deeper, because somebody asked me one time in a lecture, they said, well, what about if you get somebody who does things off the wall? And I said, you know, in human behavior, oftentimes we can even categorize those. So, for example, um, I have a younger brother who's autistic, and, and there's certain traits that are consistent with autism. So, uh, so for example, humming or buzzing or repetitive behavior or fixation. And so even like if you were to take certain behaviors that seem a little bit abnormal from the general population, you can, you can begin to categorize those and start to see patterns again. I'm curious if there's – I know the touch example is one that I'll use a lot. What are some of the things that you'll expect that somebody's most likely to respond or do? No, no. You see, it's more important. Okay, let me let me let me go something that you said that was really interesting. Okay, because you had an autistic brother, you had to be constantly on watch because you don't know what's flying your direction. You know, it's like it it's unpredictability. Their unpredictable behavior needs to become predictable so you can protect him. You know, it's it's a very interesting thing. You had to be a father to a brother. You know, even though you had a father and everything else, you still have to take on a different role. It's a different role. So it made you hyper observant. So there's no there there's no miscorrelation here that you're actually teaching people how to connect. It's like this is a skill that you learned when you're growing up. Right. So it's the patterns. It's just you have to learn your own patterns. You know, it's not like if she says this, you know, you can say that that's when guys get into their head. You got to figure it out on your own, meaning, OK, that a coach can guide you to figuring it out, but you got to go and do it and see it over and over and over again. You got to go and get the balls to touch and realize half will pull back, half won't. You got to go and ask a girl out the way I described it. Some will, some won't. So what? You got to just continue doing it. And eventually what happens is as you're doing it, you start recognizing women that are actually into you and not into you by the way they respond to you. You know, their eyes start glowing when they're attracted to you. You know, they start touching, they smile more, they can't get enough, they don't look at their phone. I mean, there's just so much to learn and the biggest thing here is that I always ask guys, do you really wanna learn it all? Because if you don't have the time, you're always gonna suck at it, you know? And it's funny, you know this too because all the skills that you were naturally good at, you had to then go and teach yourself how to be fucking great at it, right? And it took a process. And if I probably asked you how many hours you put in, there's a shitload of hours. Malcolm Gladwell wrote about it in the book, you know, in the book Outliers. In order to get good at something, you got to put 10,000 hours in. So what do I do? Because I've been learning how to trade. I look at charts for 12 to 14 hours a day to look at the patterns, right? I have probably looked at 5,000 charts by now. I'm halfway there. 
and I've only looked at one move, right? You know, now I, you know, once I hit 10,000 on that move, I'll go find the next move I got to learn and the next one. You have to be dedicated and be committed to learning this. There's so many different variables. If you want to be a master at it, if you just want to be good at it, then you just got to just learn how to have conversation skills. Yeah, there's a book on learning uh, by the guy who, did you ever see the movie uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer? I did. I saw that movie. Yeah, that kid grew up to be a, a world champion uh, martial artist. Oh, wow. And he wrote a book on learning. A lot of stuff that you're talking about is sort of is in this book. And uh, I just I wish I could remember the guy's name. I'm trying to, oh, it's uh, Josh Waitzkin. And the book is called The Art of Learning. Have you read this? Or no, read this? it's probably, it's everything that I do. I mean, like, think about it, right? Um, you want to pattern yourself after somebody. So I have like four mentors in the stock market, right? And whatever they tell me to do, I do. Okay. And I watch their videos all the time, right? And I pattern myself after them. So if I pattern myself, and I always believe this is something I call slight edge. I believe that if I have a mentor and if the mentor is teaching me everything, I don't, I just want to be 1% better than them. That's it. Right? So if they're giving me all their secrets, I'm just going to pattern. I'm going to trust it. And that's what a lot of guys don't do. They don't trust it. Like if I tell a guy to go out there and do X, Y, and Z, okay, he'll do X, but he won't do Y and Z because his fears will come in. If someone tells me to go out and do X, Y, and Z every single day, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z every single day. And I'm going to trust it. Because I chose the mentor in the first place. So why would I not trust the process? It's interesting. You said 1% better than mentor. But I think a lot of people, if they're at 75% or 80% of what their mentors could do, they'd be pretty ecstatic. <laughs> I think I'm a type my, A. You know, <laughs> Most of my clients would argue. I'm a, yeah, I'm not. I'm an outlier, man. I'm, I'm a type, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a type A person. I mean, when I go and commit to doing something, I've had many careers. And I've been successful at every single one of them. You know, I've had monetary success. I've had emotional success. I've had um, recognition. I mean, you know, uh, I've had, you know, public success. I've had, you know, personal success. So I do things different than most people. You know, I want to be the most successful version of me because I get one life to live. And I mean, I can't believe I've spent 55 years on this planet already. You know, it's like I got one chance to live this life. I'm going to do everything I possibly fucking can. And I don't want to waste a single moment. And you can ask my girlfriend this as I've been learning how to trade. You know, she I get up at 545 in the morning, California time. I like to sleep till nine o'clock, you know, and I watch the market all day. Then I watch instructional videos all night long. Then I'm looking at charts until 10 o'clock at night. Then I go to bed. I don't reward myself with any downtime. I work out because I'm a fitness junkie and I eat healthy, but I do not take a break from it at all because that's me. Okay, that's how I do something. When I go in and do something, I want to be the best. And when I do something, and this is something that can teach people, imagine the thing that you're learning you're going to teach one day. And it was interesting. Today I took a friend of mine and I took him through charting, right? And I did it. Am I an expert? By no means. But am I, am I good at a certain pattern? Absolutely. Am I becoming better every day? I took him through this pattern that I learned. Do you want to know why? Because it fucking ingrained it in my brain even more. So when you want to learn something, imagine one day you're the coach coaching somebody. 
That's how you ingrain something in. Because if you think about it, look at a lot of the football players. A lot of the football coaches were ex-players at one point in their life. It's, it's the way life evolves. Master it as if you're going to teach it one day because you'll pay more attention to all the details. When it comes to relationships and dating, I think this is great advice. I also think a lot of people who are listening to this don't need to be the best in the world at approaching <laughs> and meeting women. They just need to be able, there are definitely people who are listening to this who want to be, and, and they should take this message absolutely to heart. I also think there's other people who just want to meet a partner and they want to meet a partner who has certain qualities so they can build a family. And so there's sort of this point where they don't need to be the best in the world at something, but I do agree that they need to take it seriously if they want to get better. And this message of finding a mentor, finding somebody who's capable, someone who's mastered something that you want to get good at and learning from them, I think that has a lot of advantages. Also, this sort of mindset that you could teach it and articulate it to somebody else creates another level of understanding and takes an additional level of sort of processing power and allows someone to take ownership of a skill, right? If you can approach a girl and then teach somebody else how to approach a girl, I mean, that's sort of another level of mastery. Yeah. I mean, you know, you said to me in the beginning of the thing, you know, you want to, you know, eventually have a family and everything else. So I would define it, man. It's like when people say that to me, I go, give me the definition of it. What is, what is the definition of a family? What type of father do you envision yourself to be? What type of mother do you envision your wife to be? What type of wife do you need her to be first and foremost? What type of lover does she need to be? What type of lover are you? What type of affection is affection to you? What is great sex to you? I get very specific when it comes down to it, because if you ask the universe for unspecific things, it gives you unspecific stuff. If you just want a girlfriend, you're going to get just a girlfriend. You know, you got to define what you're looking for, because if you don't know what you're looking for, how are you going to know when it shows up? Because the law of attraction will give you exactly what you're looking for. Case in point. Okay. You know, not only just my relationship, but in December, I made a decision. I really wanted another challenge in my life. I wanted to be challenged um, mentally again because coaching doesn't challenge me mentally. It, it doesn't. I'm great at it. I perfected it. I'm not learning anymore from doing it. You know, I've been doing it for 20 years. It's very easy for me to coach somebody and I'm great at it, you know, and I've been doing it. So I wanted a new challenge. So I allowed the universe to show me new challenges. Right. And then cryptocurrency came in and I was like, well, fuck, I missed that last year. No one showed me a chart, you know. All right. But I can prepare myself for the next time Bitcoin moves after it continues to crash. Eventually it will move back up. So I started learning that. And then all of a sudden I was watching a video with my daughter and some stock trader came on and talked about his system. So I interviewed him on my podcast and then I got involved in his chat room. And then, I, you know, I started learning and then more stock people came in and more stock people came in and more guys came in. And that's what happens when you put it out there. When you know you want to be challenged, the challenges will start coming to you. It really works that way in every aspect of your life. So your opportunities will present themselves to you as if by magic. I mean, I could go deep into this stuff, you know. And it's just important, like challenge yourself. If you want a girlfriend, you got to write her down on a piece of paper exactly what she's about, not just looks, but what she's like mentally and emotionally. Otherwise, you know what? If you skip one detail, you're going to get that thing thrown in there and you're going to have the next crazy girl on your hands. And we've had enough crazy girls in our, in our lifetime to, you know, to, to drive us nuts. Well, I would argue clarity gives a person it makes it easier for them to say no when they experience something they don't want. And the second thing is by trying to define what it is that 
a person wants, it allows them to go out there and try to get it. And then they can determine from those experiences whether it is what they want. Because sometimes this evolves and changes as we age. Uh, at least that's one of the experiences that I've had. Some of the things that I thought I wanted at 15 were not the things that I wanted at 20 or 25 or 30 or 35. And, and now as I move beyond 35. <laughs> oh, come on, come on. The, the things, I, the things I, I wanted at 52. At 52, I still wanted to be, you know, have, a, have my own TV show. You know, now I could give a shit. You know, it's like now I just... I got totally different things that I want out of life. I've got totally different goals, totally different ways of, of working. And I love, you know, what I'm doing right now, you know, because it gives me a lot of free time, you know, and that's what's important to me right now. Free time to be able to be the best dad that I can to my daughter. Free time to be a great lover and partner to my girlfriend. Free time to read. Free time to expand my mind. Free time to go to the gym. I went to the gym today. You know, I had a great morning. I, I went to the gym at like 11, worked out with my trainer, got home at 1.30. You know, took a two and a half hour break in the middle of the day. You know, that's how I craft my life. But I mean, I look at the bigger picture. And you're right, you change. You have to change and evolve. Look, there are people out there that want to be lifers. You know, they go work for a company and they, you know, they want the, they want the watch after 20 years and they want the gold fucking ring after, you know, 30 and then they want the pension. I never wanted that stuff. So, you know, it's just a matter of once again, defining who you are and what you want and what you want in a partner, what you want and everything in life. It, it's, you have to look at the big picture and it can change. Any other sort of suggestions, thoughts, ideas? I mean, we talked a lot about sort of strategies for guys to get off their ass and get out there and start start getting motivated and maybe find a mentor. I don't. Know, is there anything else you want to add and sort of suggest? Last tips? No, there, you know, if you haven't got enough tips by now, you haven't been listening. Go listen to this again. You know, I mean, you really want to learn from this conversation that you and I had. You and I had a fucking scintillating, great, stimulating conversation. It went for probably an hour. It didn't feel like an hour, right? So what I strongly suggest is, you know, you go and you listen to this again and you re-listen to the tidbits you missed. When I am learning something, I'll watch the same videos over and over and over again because it's the rule of six. Once you listen or do something six times, you start, it starts becoming ingrained in your patterns. You change the patterns of your brain and that's really, really important. And the next bit of advice is, is check out my podcast every, you know, every day. It's called the 10-Minute Daily Reality Check. It's, you can find it at davidwygant.com. It's easy. I give out great advice. I got great people on it. I'll have you on it too because you know, I always say you know, one hand washes the other and we can have a great little talk about whatever we feel like. You, know, you can hear you know, our banter one more time. But that's my last bit of advice. Go re-listen to this and really pick a mentor that you respect. And if you find a mentor you respect, you know, and it doesn't matter who it is, follow that person and then bring other mentors in. But make sure the overall messages are congruent, but yet there's different tidbits you learn. You don't want to be learning some, you know, backwards system and then learn some other system because you'll just be confused. Find somebody who's living the life and just use them as a role model. That's that's how you do it. David, this is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And if you're listening to this, you want to learn more about David, we're going to post some links in the Craft Christmas website and in the description of this podcast so you can find out about him more easily. Thanks so much, David, for coming on the show again. It's been awesome. No, my pleasure. 
It's dating coach Chris Thona here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And we absolutely love making this podcast. We make this podcast for you. So if there's somebody that you want on the show, let me know. I will yell, scream, stand in front of their house, do everything I do to get them on the show for you. Also, don't hesitate to follow the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. You can also give us a shout out through social media, Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. And lastly, go to the Craft Christmas website and create an account. There you can talk about the podcast and communicate with me directly. So thank you again for taking time to listen. You will hear again from me soon.